Yeah, it's I, I don't get it. It's happened like most of my life, and it's like, what the fuck do I do? The well, the moral of the story is, is to stay away from the pole. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, that's funny. I mean, I'm okay with consensual poll, but I don't like forced poll. No, no one. I don't think anyone likes a forced poll. <laughs> no, I meant like you were an exotic dancer. What are you talking about? What <laughs> oh, well, I read that completely uh, differently. Welcome to New Year's 2018, Fuck, Mary Kill, Battle of the Bills. So I got Fuck, Mary Kill, Bill Nye, Bill Marr, or Bill Murray. It's the Pogo Stick Edition. (laughs) (laughs) Who who wants to go first? I guess I'll go. I mean, I'm, I'm... I'm kind of attracted to all of them. I mean, it's a great nerd salad there. Well, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I was like, this is a good... I guess this 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 battle of the bills will decide how nerdy you really are. <laughs> well, like, last night when you said that, I was like, oh, shit. This is really hard. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it to any of them. Right? <laughs> I don't want to kill any of them. I love them all. Yeah. Because they're just so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> okay, well, first and foremost, just because he was such a big part of my uh, formative experience growing up, and he's part of the reason I got into science in general is Bill Nye. Obviously, I'm gonna marry him. Right. You know, when I was a kid, you know, I'd come home from school, and I always my school got off like right around the time that his show would be on PBS. So I'd watch like it had had an hour long block of Bill Nye, so I'd watch an hour of Bill Nye when I got home from school. Me too. Nice. I think they, they seriously timed that for that reason. Right? <laughs> you know, it was a great show. It was super funny. It was entertaining. You know, it was educational. That's what it was like. Wow, this stuff's really cool. And it's, you know, I'm having fun watching it. Yeah, and, you he know, did he's a really a great... good job of making it, like, entertaining. Yeah, and he's a great orator of, like, being a representative of science. Like, Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, they're the rare exceptions are people that are charismatic and interesting and well-spoken that can take these high concept ideas and break them break down, down to very yeah. yeah. They make science make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're gonna marry Bill Nye. Marry Bill Nye. And the yeah, it was, this one was a really hard one, but I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna fuck Bill Murray just because yet again another person I grew up with that I was very influenced by his work and his comedic style. And plus, he's like like chaotic good in the world, and I love that. Mm. Like he's out there doing these random things. Like he shows up at bachelorette parties. <laughs> yeah. and he just goes behind the bar and starts like tending bar. Time I ever see a clip like he's like about to putt, like somebody coughed, so he like threw threw down his club and like went over to the lady and just like tackled her. So it's kind of like playfully like started screwing with her. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's the kind of rich like I want to be where I'm like, I'm so rich I could just go do cool things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then sadly, Bill Maher. Yeah, I I, I regretfully have to kill him. I regretfully because... have to kill him. But he's got nice hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's just you know the stuff I've seen I've seen religious I really like that and I haven't watched much of his other stuff so I'm not I'm familiar with him but I'm not as invested with him but like from what I you know understand of his views and his outspokenness on politics and social justice it's like I agree with everything he's about but I'm just not as aware of his stuff so that's my reasoning for having to kill him (laughs) (laughs) 
So lack of knowledge. Yep. Bye bye. <laughs> exactly. I don't know you as well, so I'm not gonna kill you. It's not gonna hurt me. It's it's, not it's the difference between like much. you know keeping if you, if you got the choice between killing a family member and killing a stranger, you're probably gonna kill the stranger. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Have you met my family? <laughs> okay, someone let's say between killing Julie and killing a stranger. That's funny, yeah. Tanya. What's what's your path of bills? Oh, I love them all, but I they are a good group. I can't get past that bow tie. It's just really not for me. I just <laughs> on the lowest of lowest of cool. reasons there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, but we got we got Wallace the bow tie. That's does that mean you're gonna kill him? No, the the <laughs> difference is one is cute and one isn't. Oh, uh, however, <laughs> poor Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like the Lorax. Sometimes I look at his face and he's just a hot mess. I'm like, oh, that's a face only a mother could love. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Your eyes are almost sealed shut. Let's go get that up. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Persians were so much worse? Oh my God, his eyes get cleaned what twice a day, three times a day. Yeah. He's so cute, though. I, you know, Bill Nye is awesome. Like, I would love to be neighbors. He would be a great neighbor. Right? I regrettably do have to kill him off, though, because he's not going to be my neighbor. Um, <laughs> Bill Murray and, and and Bill Maher, I really like the both of them. That's a toss-up. I think long-term, it would be more interesting to be with Bill Murray. I have, like, forgot his name for a second there. Bill, I think it would be better to be with Bill Murray. You know like, that Bill Murray? Long-term, I was like, oh, I'm getting my bills mixed up. <laughs> I think a good a marriage with Bill Murray, I think, would be the best way to go. Bill Maher. That would be exciting. I love Bill Maher. <laughs> I've been watching Bill Maher since forever. When he had his, his original show, I can remember one of his round, a uh, couple of his round table guests were the, ch- the mother from the Brady Bunch. What was her name? Florence Henderson. Florence Henderson, Marilyn Manson, like some other government like talking heads or whatever. And they were having like the most amazing discussions. So Wow. That sounds like, I have to look that up. <laughs> like, that sounds like an amazing thing to listen to. We'll uh, try to find the clip and put it in the show notes. Yes. But I don't know if I'd want to be around him all the time. So I think he'd just be like a good fuck in a party and like <laughs> a good conversationalist. But I don't know if I'd wait. Yeah. Something about him, I think I think he would be on all the time in a way that I, that would be annoying. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing, like, I like him. But I remember watching Religious, and like, that was a good movie. But there's like one segment where he goes like to a church. He starts berating these people in their church. It's like, okay, now you're literally just going into these people, place of worship and giving them shit about the thing they care about. Yeah, there's a real <laughs> there's a real fine line with me too when, when it becomes disrespectful but you know what i do like about him is he did put ben affleck in his fucking place not too long ago because every now and again ben affleck likes to sound like he's fucking smart and he's still a fucking idiot (laughs) 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 and fucking bill mark totally fucking handed his ass and it was a pretty taboo topic i'm not even gonna even express what the topic was you guys want to go out there and see it go see it I happen to agree with Bill Maher on it, especially especially when I'm listening to fucking Ben Affleck in his fucking suit feeling all high and mighty about himself. I'm like, fuck you, especially with everything that's come out about him recently. Those videos tell it all. I think that was when uh, he was with J-Lo, so J-Lo picked out his suit in that one. No, actually, that wasn't too long ago. (laughs) Oh, so his other wife picked out that suit for him. And that's another thing. Jennifer Gardner learned baseball and and stats for you. You went and fucked the babysitter, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, he's a piece of shit in my book. Uh, 
So I'm thinking you're just going to fuck Bill Maher then? I know. See, I sounded so connected with him for a minute there, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to fuck him. Fuck him. You're going to marry maybe. Bill Murray? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bill Murray would be a life filled with like whimsical adventures. So. I think so. I mean, didn't he jump out of an airplane like four years ago? Yeah, just recently. I think he did. You could probably say anything like, hey, didn't Bill Murray do this? And you'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no matter how like ridiculous the scenario is, like, yeah, he probably did that. It's like the six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon. It's yeah. the probability of Bill Murray. <laughs> and, you know what? Or the Simpsons did it. I would, I would, definitely, exactly. I would definitely marry Bill Murray because I love that movie with him and uh, Scarlett Johansson. That's a fucking great movie. Oh, Lost oh, in Translation. Yeah, Lost yeah. in Translation. Isn't that, that great? great? He has that whole time with her, and he whispers something in her ear, and you don't know what it is. It's just this intimate moment between the two of them. It's just this magical thing that you got to experience everything up until that point, and it was really intimate and really sweet, and, and yeah. that was really now, That's cool. the one thing you know, I, I guess we realized we didn't touch on. It's like, you know, we would like him as a person in the real world, but he's actually, like, a really good, like, he's a funny guy. He's a great actor. Yeah. He's super talented. In addition to being this whimsical figurehead for Bill Murray <laughs> right. around the world. That's awesome. Well, I myself, even though I chose this Bill combination, I was having a hard time too. Because Tyler, like you said, I grew up with Bill Nye. Because, you know, he was on in the afternoon. He's just such a, a great spokesperson for science still and he, he still just breaks it down and makes it all make sense. And I believe actually he has a new show on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. I, I wanted to check that out. What is the show? I think it's Bill Nye Saves the World or something like that. Um, uh, let me look up real quick. Bill Nye. I think it is Bill Nye Saves the World. Because I watched some of it and like it was... Yeah, Bill Nye Saves the World. It was one of those... It, it seemed very ham-fisted and very overproduced. Oh, that's too They bad. had like a studio audience for him. They would have to play up for like applause kind of... Like, you could almost see the applause sign going on above their heads. Oh. Oh. <laughs> as opposed to him just like talking to the camera like talking to you essentially right, like he, he was playing to an audience it. and it, it, I don't know, it didn't quite work for me i got like four episodes in and i was just kind of like you know what this isn't as good as like bill Knight science guy well we probably also have like we already have a standard that he has to meet because we do know him from our childhood and it was so important that it would probably well, like he has a brand he has a brand that should follow him yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> So I was like, all right, well, maybe maybe I want to marry him. And then I was like, well, Bill Maher would be fun, and maybe I want a fun marriage my whole life. I mean, he, I like, he, does live I next, he does live next door to Ed Begley. Oh, yeah, Bill Nye does. <laughs> so they super nerd out together. And then Bill Murray, I was like, man, that's really funny. So I was like, all right, well... You know, kind of the same reasons. Bill Maher would be great conversationally, but uh, I don't think I would want him around for like an extended period of time. <laughs> he's great. He's great at short bursts. <laughs> so, he's one of those guys like you go to a party like every other week and you find him like you have really great in depth conversation with him, and then you never have to see him for you know next two weeks. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he does have really great hair, but yeah. Like my grandma said all the time, uh, she was too young to die because she would make a good looking corpse. And when she did pass away at a relatively youngish age, she did make a great looking corpse. So I'm going to have to kill Bill Maher in hopes that he would make a great looking corpse like my grandmother. Um, wow! Like 50s, 60s. 
because of that killer hair. And then... And she tied you in with her grandma, so don't take it personally, Bill Maher. We still love you. <laughs> we still love you. I still would love to have some conversations around the table. <laughs> Let's see. So, who I should fuck, either Bill Murray or Bill Nye? Oh, God. The idea of really having sex with any of these men is really deplorable. <laughs> <laughs> I was say have the idea of sex with any men. This is just figuratively. <laughs> like, obviously, it's who we like the most. I know, but we keep saying it, so at some point it's going to enter my brain, these men naked and gravity and because we're, I mean, one of them is a science guy. He says it himself, but <laughs> well, on that note, I guess I'm going to have to marry Bill Nye because you want thinking. some long soggies <laughs> because I'm sure if I just hide his Viagra prescription, it, it'll be all right, but we'd have yeah. great breakfast time chats about it's Saving okay. He's world. he's at that age when when uh, males testosterone levels drop, so they're not like constantly seeking sex. Yeah, he's, more, see? So he's just passionate about the things he's passionate about, and he's not like always trying to get laid. And he's expecting you to peg him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's up for new things. <laughs> and and I'm thinking if the world does in fact come to an end, it will eventually. Or if the bomb that drops on you gets your friends and neighbors too. There'll be nobody left behind to grieve, and we will all go together when we go. Bill Murray would just be able to make me laugh through it, whereas Bill and I could probably help me, like, survive without, like, an unimaginable death. We would probably just, you know, he would probably create something where we could both die in our sleep peacefully without feeling like the world has definitely come to an end. It would be like, oh, yeah. here, eat this. Okay. <laughs> I made you a delicious dinner, and then you fall asleep that night, and well, that's the end of that. And that's the end of your <laughs> life. That's the end of that. So, so I'm going to marry Bill and I for that purpose, especially in our current state of affairs. And yeah. I'm going to have a grand old affair with Bill Murray because nice. I think it would be probably the most entertaining. I'm sure, you know, he can fish out a groundhog out of a hole, so I'm sure he can, he knows what to do in this sack. I, I, I like how you say you're going to have an affair. So you're going to be married to Bill Nye for a while, and then you're going to have this this fling with Bill Murray. I mean, that's well, the way like it Bill Murray be. swoops into your life and wants to fuck, you're, you're probably going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I promise you, I'm not going to say yes. <laughs> but I, I will think, hang like, it'd be, I think the pillow talk for him afterwards, he'd like, he would turn to you and just say, no one's ever going to believe you, and he'd just get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> be like, no, where's my cell phone? No, I no, no one's ever going to believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's my fuck Mary Oh, <laughs> Very nice. But oh. also, it would be amazing to walk down the aisle with Bill Nye in here in the background. Bill, Bill, Bill. 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 Exponential growth. Right. And speaking of technological growth, doing a callback to uh, the AIs we were talking about, was it ep last episode or episode before last? Okay, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the video game guys. Yeah. There's a new AI that they've developed that uh, was able to, like that, that same philosophy we talked about before, where the AI is able to learn from its mistakes and basically teach itself the rules of a game. Yep. Google's created a, uh, it's basically built off the DeepMind engine, and it's called AlphaZero. And it's an AI that was able to teach itself 
within four hours chess and able to be a grandmaster at it. Four hours. In four hours. It basically was be able to play play games against itself, like itself against itself, and was able to learn the rules, like what to do when, and then within four hours is able to be beat a, grass, a human grandmaster. And wow. Donald Trump is doing everything he can to get his hands on this technology. <laughs> <laughs> those tiny little hands i want to i want to be the i want to be the best chess master out there <laughs> and have my ai play for me it's mine i own it so therefore it's me i'm a genius <laughs> yep i'm the best no one no one's ever played his chess as good as me because that because that's really where it's all headed because if you worked a little harder you too could be the best chess player yep but yeah, like you know, chess is a fun game. Like I've played it since I've been a kid. Like again, like I never played card games, but I played a lot of board games growing up because that's what my parents were into. We played like you know, we played Scrabble, we played Monopoly, chess against each other. So I played that, and like there was a huge stint in my life when I worked at a coffee shop that was really nice. That like I was opening, so I'd be there at, like five in the morning, and there'd be no one there for like an hour or two. And there used to be this old man that he'd be waiting at the door when I got there. And he'd come in, I'd make coffee, and we'd sit there and play chess for like an hour, hour and a half before people started coming wow, in. that's cool. Like, it was a great job because like, you know, I got to hang out with this old guy and he'd talk about music and we'd sit there and play chess and just kind of BS. That's right. That's totally He great. probably enjoyed or enjoyed it just as much as you did. For yeah. The yeah. It was, it was really it. cool. It was like, oh, hey, like I got a permanent chess partner. And it was kind of one of those like little indie coffee shops. Like there, there was always like, you know, there was, there was a shelf in the corner with nothing but board games so people could come in, get yeah. coffee, <laughs> play board games, and just hang out. One of the games that Tanya and I played, I don't know if you've ever played it, is Othello. Have you ever played that game? No, I have not. It's its pretty cool. Do you remember that movie, Pi? Yeah. Uh, they're playing it in that movie. Oh. It kind of looks like a checkerboard, sort of. It's just all huh. solid, one color. It's a grid. And then you have, like, black chips and white chips. Your goal is to fill the entire board, right, Tanya? Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I paused for a minute because I was wondering if it was the same game or not. I know it looks the same but i i am curious to know i'm gonna look it up real quick yeah okay so in pi they're playing a game called go and that actually instead of filling the grid you're on the lines and othello is not the same but it looks very, very similar, similar. Okay. so it's like it's like a checkerboard grid that you're filling oh, okay. and your goal is to fill it into be all of your color so now I'm curious okay. about this board game Go, but it's yeah, it's kind of it looks like fun. It looks like a strategy game, which I love strategy games. Yeah. <laughs> so the game Othello is really a pretty fun board yeah, game. Yeah, it's very uh, similar to chess, and and in that strategic way that you were saying, Tyler, it's also very appealing. Anything that's just simply black and white to me, that's so direct like that, I just love it. <laughs> it's yeah. so cool. That one and oh, what's the other game we always play? Rummy Cube. Oh, I love. Have you ever played? Oh, I love that played game. Played that one. I've never played that one. No. Okay, we're going to have a strategy game night where Julie cries in the corner from losing oh, after you both figure nuts. out something. I was going to say let's let's have I was going to say let's have a like board game night cuz that'd be it. so much fun. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Our next date, we're doing a board game night. Sweet. Game. We're keep we played we're keeping him off uh, that we... pole though. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'll, I'll I'll park there for a bit. I'll hang out for an hour and see what happens and then I'll, I'll bring my board games up. Uh, funny. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny, like, looking up Pi, I forgot, I was like, oh, it's like, Pi, like, who directed that? It's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, yeah. Like, Man, and I, like, I was looking movie. up his track record, and it's like, oh, that's right, he makes a bunch of movies that I really like. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Jackie was a really good one, that one came out last year. Oh, I don't I think we've seen that. that. Oh, yeah, it's about Jacqueline Onassis, and it's oh. fucking 
depressing because it's about JFK getting assassinated, but from her perspective. Right. Was it the one with Katie Holmes? Not Katie Holmes. Is, is it Natalie Portman? Ooh, even better, oh, yeah. Natalie Portman. Hey, Santa. Yeah, Natalie Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman plays Jacqueline Onassis, and it's just like, yeah, it's really good. Like, it's a really, you know, it's it's. I teared up at a couple points, like because it, it's you know you, she portrays that loss and oh, so, I so just well. Love Natalie Portman. She's a Gemini for one, so how could I yeah. not? Her son was born on the same day as me. We had the same birthday. <laughs> nice you did like requiem and the wrestler the fountain i we haven't seen all of the wrestler we started to watch it and it was really edited and we were like okay we'll we'll rent it and and watch it and i don't think that we actually ended up watching it did we julie we saw a good portion of it i think you fell asleep like you do with most movies but i mean that is true. <laughs> um the reason i said katie holmes katie holmes did also maybe around the same time she did a mini series oh, of Jackie right. Onassis. Oh, okay. Um, but no, I haven't seen either. I wanted to, but it was, you know, it is an incredibly upsetting story. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd, I'd really recommend Jackie. Like, it's just know that you're going to, you know, if you have an early evening, like, sit down, give it a couple hours, and give yourself a couple hours to decompress afterwards. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to watch, but it's really good cinema. It's kind of like most of his movies were like that because like Requiem for a Dream, he did. Yeah. And that was a great movie, but man, that was an upsetting movie yeah, too. Yeah, if you, if you walk like away such from, reality. if you walk away from those movies and you're not physically shook, there is a problem. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Black Swan was really good. I really love The Fountain. Black Swan was great. Black Swan was Did awesome. you ever see The Fountain? I don't think I've seen The Fountain. Okay. It's based off a comic book and it's kind of like this love story that these basically two souls keep manifesting throughout different periods of time. And it's very kind of like one of the disjointed storytelling where it's like now it takes place during like Spaniard times. Now it takes place in the future and it keeps kind of jumping around timelines. But it's really good and really interesting and like visually amazing. It sounds like that Is movie this... with um, Halle Berry and Tom Hanks. Yeah. What was that it's called? Oh, uh, what was that? Atlas movie? Shrugged. Yeah. yeah, Atlas. That was a good movie, too. I'll have to yeah. check. Of I'll, have to... <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to upgrade my viewing. Was, was it Atlas Shrugged? Is that what that movie's called? Hold on. No, I think it was Atlas Sky. Cloud Atlas. That's what Cloud it was. Atlas. There we go. Because what's Atlas Shrug? Atlas Shrug is an Ayn Rand book. They did turn it into a, like a B movie kind uh, of thing. It looks like, yes, it looks like a but shit actually, movie. But <laughs> actually, no, it's actually pretty good. It's got. Um, it was pretty good. The, the first, the first one has Taylor Schilling from Orange Is the New Black in it. Oh, nice. And then she's not in the second one. Um, they replaced her with oh, what is that actress's name? The blonde chick. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that one with the hair. That What's funny is she's not, like, she's not like the main chick on IMDb. That's odd. She's like the main character, but her pictures, she... That's why you don't know. know who the fuck she is. She's fucking 15 people Samantha in. Mathis. Sorry. That's her name. Who is that? So she replaced Taylor oh, Schilling as, as the big... She was in um, Broken American Arrow Psycho. or something like that. American <laughs> Psycho. Super Mario Brothers. Oh. Little Women. I remember her from Little Women, actually. Nice. What was I saying? Oh. He was talking about the movie that was like Atlas Cloud. Yeah, The Fountain. So it's like a bouncy timeline. Yeah, it's like a super like disjointed timeline. It's got Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz as the leads. And they're these lovers over time. So they're, they're the same souls that keep popping up in different parts of human history. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. The visuals are really cool. And it's based off of you know graphic novel. And yeah, it's it's really weird and cerebral. But I haven't watched it in a while. So it might not hold up. I remember seeing it like my early 20s. And I was like, 
Holy shit, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> but speaking of like fucking with your head, I don't know if you saw the article that I posted and then I posted screenshots of another article. Literally fucking with someone's head? Yeah. <laughs> the article that I sent you is not the one that I read. The article I read was on that app Texture and it was in Newsweek. Okay. I think it was November's uh, Newsweek. November 27th, Newsweek, and the article is called Heads or Tails. <laughs> it talks about this Italian neurosurgeon, Dr. Canavero, not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but he has put a firm promise to deliver the first human head transplant in December 2017, and he's running out of time. <laughs> because <laughs> we are recording this January episode on December 23rd, so he's only got, what, eight days left? I mean, maybe he's Jewish, so he doesn't have to worry about the Christmas holiday, but uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting because, so basically his plan is to transplant an entire human head onto a cadaver. Hmm. And How fresh is this cadaver? You know, I... like two or three months. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it's aged to perfection. Right? It's like a fine wine. It's like I like my steaks. All right. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, if you check out the Newsweek article, which I'll try to find the link and post online as well. So he was trying to put together a skeleton crew. Uh, um. <laughs> sorry, couldn't resist that You're one. You're not sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. Lo siento, uh. no siento. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so he's trying to put together a skeleton crew to assemble or, you know, to work on this because basically what he's, it's kind of funny. It's like, well, the, when you read the article, there's a line and it's sort of like, well, it depends on if you're a glass half empty or a glass half full kind of person. Because he's either doing a full head transplant or he's doing a full body transplant. That actually was the silver lining of the article. <laughs> but, okay, here's the problem. The scientific community thinks this guy's pretty much doing this for publicity because there's been really no studies of a human a, well there's been no human head transplant studies but usually before they do any sort of studies they do a lot of test subjects right so there's yeah. you do like a bunch of double blind studies and yeah there's oh, a lot i didn't of tell you i'm going i'm going away in eight days <laughs> you're taking a field trip <laughs> may or may not come back so i'll back up to sort of the beginning this guy there's a uh, 12,500 spinal cord injuries every year in just in the U.S. So, you know, they're they're desperately trying to figure out how to fix this. But pretty much when my understanding from reading the article is, is when you have a spinal cord injury, it's a very rough injury. It's like a tear or like nothing's like, oh, ooh, this, look, quick, clean cut. It, that's not... It's not like a paper cut, yeah. They really haven't even been able to regenerate those types of injuries they have i forgot what it was it's called um do 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 it's been taught spinal cord regeneration is not possible and then now they're putting in collagen into this uh spinal cord so basically what they're doing is they're kind of cutting out the damaged portion of the spinal cord they're putting in this uh polyethylene glycol or peg uh type of gel <laughs> peg. <laughs> so, so they're pegging your spinal cord. Uh, what, 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 what was that, Tyler? <laughs> what? No, <I'm> 
So they're putting in this uh, collagen, essentially, into these damaged areas that's supposed to help accelerate the spinal cord fusion. And so because this is semi, like a semi-working, how can I say that? It's been proven that it is helping to regenerate. So he's basically going from, from this to, oh, well, if this is working, I can replace an entire human head. <laughs> The studies where they have replaced a head would be they've done some rat studies and actually they're questioning that study because there was a flood in the room where the rats were and only one rat survived the flood and he sort of regained movement. So they're counting that as a successful study as opposed to <laughs> repeating the experiment yeah, to see no, how so many say, of that, them that, that actually... That peer review. That's the whole basis of science. <laughs> exactly. <Peer review. laughs> And then I guess this Dr. Canavero, the one who, you know, is claiming to, that the head transplant will work, apparently has done one study on a monkey. And this guy said that, okay, this Dr. Silver, I believe he's a doctor, uh, he objects to the <laughs> notion that Canavero is giving someone a last chance at life because that's what this guy's like. Oh, I'm good. You have such a poor quality of life. I can give you life, essentially. Horror fucking kill you. <laughs> right? But but this oh, well, guy, hold, Silver... Hold on. Are they saying that that's his cell to get people to be a participant in this? Or is that what they're assuming his cell is? Because I would think no, if, you're, if, you're, if you're willing to be a participant in this, you know that this is like a crapshoot. Basically. Yeah. If anything, well, I think but the patient should know that they might be helping further generations. Right, that would be the only reason to do it. They're willing to sacrifice themselves because um, he's saying they're willing to give up everything because they don't have a way of life. They don't have anything to lose, essentially. Their, their, their head. <laughs> yeah, this guy Silver, I guess, watched the monkey head transplant, and he mm -hmm. said... The memory of the monkey head transplant he witnessed as a postdoctoral student and the knowledge of what the patient could be facing is too much to overcome. The monkey looked horrifying and it looked like it was in pain. So that's just a monkey. And they ended up putting down the monkey for other complications is what they said. So basically all these doctors are like, even if you can, because it's everything, your body has to like accept it. Right? So it's every muscle, all the bones, yeah. every, everything has to be severed. And, and this one doctor is like, can you imagine the amount of pain from having all those things cut to begin with? You're going to wake up in like such a horrible state of pain. Yeah, God, that sounds awful. Right? <laughs> and then whenever you get like any sort of transplant, like, like a lung, a liver or whatever, they put you on immunosuppressant drugs because your body's instant reaction is... There's something foreign in me. Mm -hmm. It's not mine. I'm going to reject it. So they're saying that this is going to be incredibly hard for your body not to reject your fucking head. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so like the only thing I can think of is because of the pain, they would have... What about the psychological have... ramifications of something like this? Like, Well, and that's what another another doctor's point was. They're like, you know, it's incredibly risky and, and stupid, but you're going to wake up in... Let me see if I can find exactly what he said. Oh, the the monkey, the surgery they had with the monkey, the monkey was unconscious. They did it. He was like functioning, but he was unconscious. And they said that he looked like Frankenstein with super giant stitches on his neck. Yeah, that seems fucked up. <laughs> alive. It's alive. It's alive. 
So it says doctors also fear how the body will react to its new brain. In any transplant, the body sees the new tissue, organ, or limbs as, for, as foreign tissue, and the immune system attacks it. So patients who have transplants have to take these immunosuppressant drugs for the rest of their lives to prevent this rejection. The rest of and their if, lives. Yeah, and if the immune system <clears throat> attacks the new part, despite the drugs, it has to be removed. So if your head has to be removed because it rejects the body, or your body rejects the head... Like, how do you fix that situation? You just die of natural yeah. causes at that point is what they'll call that. Yeah. Well, basically. Yeah, the only thing I'm really thinking, like, the way to make it work is, like, however many, like, 100 or 200 years in the future where we've, like, developed STEM uh, stem technology, build it, being able to build organs. We, we can, we're being able to do that now with stem cells. Like, we can build organs off the host DNA. So, yeah. like, you know, you take your DNA, I could build you a new heart from that. And you basically have to build a whole new human from the ground up from that host originally. And But we're not there yet. I think no. that's the only way to make this work. Because otherwise it sounds like, yeah, that sounds way too problematic to actually work. And that's kind of what the scientific community is, is saying to him. He's going to be doing this in China. Oh, surprise. <laughs> because China. Um, let me just, let's just say one thing about China. There was that, that bodies exhibit that was going around. There was one that was kind of more respected by the scientific community. And then there was this one that was like kind of popping up cities all around. And Oh, the bodies. Yeah, one was called bodies and one of them was called something else. Because yeah, I remember the bodies exhibit like looked cool because I saw pictures of it. It's like, it's cadavers like arranged to demonstrate like yeah well originally i thought uh that's kind of weird but then i was like that's kind of fascinating too because there was a lot of like you said there were a lot of really interesting things that they were able to do with these bodies that you believed at the time were donated but then there was this other one that was popping up around town like uh like a carnival circus that was going around and come to find out the bodies weren't donated they were prisoners Oh, yeah. Shit. So people were being participants in these people's murders, and they were. Oh, being... it's called bodies revealed. So there was like the human's body, but then there's bodies revealed. But before we get into right. that, I did find a thing. So besides all the obvious risks of <laughs> the fucking spinal cord has so many nerve endings and and whatnot, and getting yeah. all those to be reattached, they're saying uh, there's also a potentially staggering psychological impact. The brain may not be able to accept its new body a phenomenon seen with other transplant surgeries. So the body may not accept it, and in the world's first hand transplant, it had to be removed after becoming mentally detached from it. So basically what they're saying is he may take this paraplegic guy's head, put it on a new body, but if his body mentally rejects it, he's still essentially going to be paraplegic because it's it's not going to function. It's like it's yeah. like when you put it's like when you put glasses on that can reverse your view. Have you seen that, Tyler? No, I've not. They're and they're actually I think they're made for when you have MRIs. So if you have MRI long, long periods of being in a, in one of those machines so in some places they'll give you these glasses and it allows you to see out but they also maybe it's not the same connection but they, they have there's glasses where it flips your world upside down and the longer you okay. keep those on your eyes when you take them off 
the your real brain world. will adjust. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's it's like with sea legs. Like I would go out deep sea fishing. You know, when I was younger, and we go out for like twelve hours, and it's funny because you would come back and you step off onto the dock, and all of a sudden, you know, you're waiting for that sway, that motion. You're like, like you Muscle know, you walking. It's like, yeah. what, what the fuck? What the fuck's happening? <laughs> like, you know, you're only out there for like half of a day, and it fucks with your head that that quickly. Yeah. Totally. yeah. So that that will be interesting, but. This guy, he thinks that he's the shit, obviously, that he yeah, can do say, it. And like... he's, he's had one project where he attached, well, he and his, his new team, his skeleton crew, they severed the spinal cord of a dog and then they were able to repair it and he regained some movement. So basically he's basing this on a wait, couple so did of he... really crappy <laughs> I say, wait, did studies. he like deliberately hurt a dog to repair it that it doesn't really it says um but it heavily alludes it says, that he doesn't mind doing odd things to accomplish his goals for sure for certain i was gonna say because I, I was kind of looking at the picture this guy's like something about him seems off i don't trust there, him did you if you you know the other silver lining is somebody's like he looks like a guy from a video game that's a popular video game but he also looks like neocortex scientist guy I'd say he's non-operational. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because the other article looks, I saw... He looks like Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the other article is called from futurism.com. It's just a brief article. It's not as good as the Newsweek article. People are saying that, that this is just a PR stunt meant to promote this new video game called Metal Gear Solid. And there's a picture in the Futurism article of the char- the game character and then this yeah. actual doctor. And you can't really tell who's who. So I'm sure they probably got wind of this because this guy made this statement in, in back in 2013. So I'm sure they were yeah, like, oh, this would be fun. Let's put this doctor's face in here and see who gets it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have played that game and it's called, uh, it's literally called Phantom Limb. Or it's Metal Gear Solid Phantom Limb. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a great game, but yeah. so they're saying that maybe it was publicity. But uh, this article actually reminded me of that movie that we all watched the other day, The Get Out. It, it, well, it reminds me of a John Saul book called Brainchild. But but yeah, <laughs> it's spoiler alert for the for the Get Out. I mean, it's kind of the same. It's a similar concept. Instead yeah. of but instead of replacing your whole head, which seems like overachieving. <laughs> wouldn't it just be easier to pop your brain out? I mean, then you wouldn't look alike, but if you're getting yeah. a new I mean, body, you... 90% of you isn't going to look like you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I think about it like a computer. Like you said, the brain is basically the CPU of a computer, like the central processing unit. Mm-hmm. So it makes more sense to take out just the CPU, subplant it into another computer, as opposed to taking out the whole the motherboard whole... and hard drive and planning that in a computer with all these other things, there might be complications from it. I, I could go and steal your hard drive or I could painstakingly unwire everything and take off of the whole thing. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Job's done. <laughs> Job's done. <laughs> While your spinal cord's just dragging across the floor. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So what's interesting, Tanya, you earlier you had mentioned that side note of the bodies exhibition. They were being accused of putting executed Chinese prisoners, and that was in 2010. I'm so glad I didn't go see that exhibit because I would, I would like even just thinking about the the idea that I was gonna go to it and that could have been my experience. Like just, 
I would need to see a therapist. Well, I guess the good one was bodies, and I think they may still actually be touring. Touring? Yeah, because I know they're up in San Francisco for a while, and I thought about going into it, but I never went to. It would be really cool, but it would be really also incredibly creepy. (laughs) Yeah. This also says, yeah, so it says they may have been using the the executed Chinese prisoners, but... Now, there's a new article from 2006 that says, Report, China's still harvesting organs from prisoners on a massive scale. Oh, I wasn't At worried about 16... the organs. Just just killing them. That was weird. Well, no, it, totally says, it says... <laughs> <laughs> this says that at least 1,600 people were executed oh, in 2015. Oh, my God. So this explains a lot about, you know, the article I was talking about, the head transplants, why he's going to China to do it, because nobody would let him do that here. No. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm like the Wright brothers. Well, this is the first airplane. Like, I, I mean, mean, there's one there's one thing to the term first pancake, no, but really. We needed to do some more testing before we jump. <laughs> Right. We don't want to jump the shark, guys. I mean, you say tomato, I say tomato. You say dog, I say human head. Head transplants. I mean, <laughs> right. So I thought that was I I thought it was pretty interesting because this is supposed to have happened, and I read this article in November, and I was like, I haven't heard anything about this. So I you know I I googled it again before the show to see if anything new he had in fact done it, but. He hasn't done it yet. Today's the 23rd, so like I said, he's only got a few days left. So <laughs> That window's closing. If if he does complete it before our next recording session for the February podcast, we'll have an update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's really cool. Like It's just, like you said, it seems almost like, I don't know if it's a publicity stunt for what, but it almost seems like he's just trying to get some notoriety, like, hey, I'm going to try to do this. Right. <laughs> he, you know, like a couple of those pictures, it looks like he's just like gleefully basking in this adoration kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you seem way too into this. I mean, <laughs> in his very far outreach defense, I mean, that's, you know, we, mm. we can think most modern modern medicine because of, of the Nazis. So, I mean, and the contributions yeah. of the Jewish community. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, there's a quote from Futurama where the Professor Farnsworth, which is like the science professor character, at one point he quotes, you know, science cannot progress without heaps. And he's like a super amoral character. And he like is saying basically, it, you know, we can't progress science without heaps of bodies to figure yeah. these things out. <laughs> and I mean, like, I totally understand that. And, you know, more more power to the... In the in the Newsweek article, the paraplegic guy, go for it. If but... he had a full head of hair and a bow tie, I think I'd be more comfortable. If he looked like Bill Nye, <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. or even his even his disposition alone would be nice. I thought you, you didn't like bow ties. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're contradicting. You said you didn't like bow ties. <laughs> now you're saying that would be soothing. So the moral the moral of the story is we all should donate our bodies to medical science and then be cremated or buried, however right. we want to be. I don't know. Like, See, yeah. I'm on the fence about that because there's a weird... About organ donors? Yes. There's a weird part of me, and this is going to sound super out there, but what we're talking about <laughs> is way worse. So. Super out there. <laughs> I think back at, like, Henrietta Lacks. Is that, her, is that her name? Are you familiar with her? Yeah. That was actually a really good movie with Oprah, Henrietta Lacks. Yeah, I'm not familiar. She was the first woman who had a specific disease and they took her cells and they continued to regenerate her cells 
into this day. It's she's the reason why most her cells have the ability to re her cancer cells had the ability to regenerate post-mortem hmm. let me read you're like hmm Wikipedia maybe we're not thing. saying that right <laughs> i was gonna say i gotta start i'm gonna start googling uh lax <laughs> was the unwitting source of cells from a tumor biopsy during a treatment from cervical cancer at john hopkins in baltimore these cells were cultured by a certain doctor who created the cells known as the hela cells which is used for medical research as was then the practice no consent was obtained to culture her cells, nor was the family compensated for their extraction or use. Yeah, well, that's fucked up. The cell HeLa is a cell type in an immortal cell line, which is used in scientific research. It's the oldest and most commonly used human cells, and it was from uh, Henrietta Lacks, and they took her cells on February 8th, 1951. And they're still using her cells to this day, and it's 2018. Every scientific study that is done, they basically, at this point, use her cells. But her family was never compensated, and, and that was a really good movie. Scientists had been trying to get cells to grow outside of the human body, but they would always die. Until Henrietta's cells came along. Everyone's saying Henrietta Lacks donated themselves. She didn't donate nothing. They took them and didn't ask. Henrietta helped develop the AIDS cocktail. Chemotherapy treatments. It's like the equivalent of holiday breads that are made out of yeast that you pass on and pass on and pass on. It's just like that. And yeah. they have basically the rights to the mother. And they said that her cells have multiplied so much that it, don't quote me on this, but it's like three times what her original body mass was in cells. That's how many times they've done this. And the thing that concerns me about it is regardless of anyone's religious belief, I do believe that there is something greater, whatever that is. You know, I just think there's something bigger and greater. Yeah. It freaks me out to think that I could potentially be in two different worlds. And is that a good idea? Mm. And <laughs> and and maybe I would like to be able to have the ill thought of having having control of that. And so yeah. for me, that's that's what makes me nervous about it. But you know, from like a egotistical standpoint, like mm. if I was dying, I might out of like maybe not wanting to upset Julie or stress Julie's life or whatever, accept a, a donated organ. But if I was like by myself, I probably wouldn't accept it because I I have like such a weird, like more, yeah. I think it's no, it like a, a moral thing. I don't know. That's, that's fine. Like it's your choice. It's like, again, your body, the thing you want to do, how you want it treated. That's totally okay. I just, but right. I, but I'm like literally on the so. fence about it because I also in the same token know how, potentially selfish sounding that is but it really isn't coming from a place of selfishness it's coming from a place of of the world is oh, no. so crazy and i can't trust people <laughs> yeah. yeah well i mean there is a so like i'm kind of i don't know i haven't totally made up my mind about it one way or another because for me like donating an organ to save someone's life like that would be cool if i'm dying and i can save somebody that would that would be really great, but I don't know if I could accept one because for me, even the thought of having a child freaks me out because I'm like, there is a human being inside of me. There's this unknown entity. Like, I There's mean- There's this parasite. Exactly, it's like of me, but- And you know what? I think that's a legit thought. I don't think it's one that 
people share and by the way women this is this is an un, untold secret but women go out of their way not to tell one another what pregnancy is like they don't tell you because it is weird as shit it yeah. is like i've, I've, I've had actually a, a pregnant friend recently she's like yeah it, it feels weird like there's something inside of you and it's I kind of terrifying i think i would have like a panic attack <laughs> It's basically what like Alien was built off right. that that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is he all right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The cat digs me. Hey, what's wrong with this guy? I don't know. Bring some water. Water my ass. Bring this guy some Pepto Bismol. Waitress. Waitress. What did he order? Oh, he had a special. That's what I ordered. I changed my order for the soup. Good move. I mean, I don't know. I would, I would say that if it was for the greater cause of good, then yes, I totally would. But I don't know if I would want to be a science experiment because, like, I'm not a religious person. <coughs> I believe, like, there's more of a spiritual thing as opposed to... I mean, I believe that you should just do the fucking right thing. You don't need a god to tell you what to do. Exactly. I would take a bullet before I would take an organ. You know, <laughs> not, you know, like I would but, like not like like I would go out of my way to like save another person. I would, I would be a human shield than take an organ. That's how like heaved out I am. Well, I'm not saying I would take it, but no, no, I know to, oh, <laughs> to somebody. <laughs> but I just kind of feel like, well, I forgot what I was saying. But uh, so maybe I, maybe I would take a brain transplant to help me with my memory functions. <laughs> you know, la the last time we all spoke, Tyler talked about getting a new body. <laughs> right. Yep. I want my brand new cyborg body. I want my <laughs> want my brain put it would, into a that, cyborg see, body. That would be I don't want to be. Of... A I don't want to be a human body. <laughs> I don't know. I think we should. I think we should strive more towards that as opposed to putting your head on another body or swapping your brain out like i think it should be i mean if i'm gonna have to continue to live it's a bioengineered body for you yeah. like i'm saying like you know stem cells i would yeah. i would prefer to either bioengineer what's broken inside of me and make that work or to have like a robot body because if i'm gonna essentially have the option to be immortal and i want to be immortal I'm going to want to be like a kick-ass motherfucker. I don't want to have to, like, because <laughs> your body, it's like a car. If you have a car for 200,000 miles and you drop a new engine in it, you've got a brand new engine, but the rest of the parts on your car are 200,000 miles old. <laughs> yeah, it's this hodgepodge of, like, yeah, so feeling shocks parts. Yeah, shocks are going. No, 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 no. no. I'm going to go to China. I can. I know where I can get some new ones. <laughs> bodies or cars oh, wait, organs <laughs> pretty much any bodies or cars <laughs> so for me i'm not religious i don't really believe in a higher power i'm not super spiritual what i feel that is me is all the synapses and the things that make up my brain all the electricity and chemicals that are firing off that mm -hmm. is who i am and when i die all that stops that's it's basically before i was born like, I don't remember anything. And when I die, there'll be nothing after that. That's pretty much going to be my life. 
so this vessel that I live in, which is basically a ball of carbon and calcium and iron and every every other you know random elements from the periodic table that will cease to be and will break down and be absorbed mm-hmm. in other things so when i die it's just it's just my body like my consciousness is gone i was here for the experience of the universe for however long i do and if my body can be used to help again future generations great like if someone takes takes my liver if someone takes my pancreas whatever part of me they can use to help somebody else live that much longer great i'm not using it anymore right. i'm gone and if you know if a bunch of medical students you know look at my cadaver to understand like how i lived how my body reacted to these you know different situations great you know that knowledge will be passed down and help other people and then once they're all done with it, just burn it and put it back into the carbon cycle of the earth. So that, again, those base elements get passed into, into earth and, you know. Regenerative carbon, essentially. Yeah, I mean, that's all, you know, death is. Death dies, you know, we die, you get broken down into the base elements and you get returned to the, the cycle of things. What about 21 grams? What was 21 grams? Isn't when you die, you lose 21 grams, like, randomly. Oh, so basically they're saying... Okay, so your your soul a part of you a part of you dis- dissipates into the world and it's like, "Well, what is that? That's your soul." That's that's okay. the argument. I've never researched it to be honest. I have no counter argument for that, which I'm probably going to spend the rest of my day researching. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any uh, medical proof for what that 21 grams is going. There's a Snoops article. It says the weight of the soul. Yeah, yeah, read it, Julie. Let's hear it. We love we love Snoops. Support Snoops. A physician once placed dying patients upon the scale in order to measure the weight of the human soul. This is true. This actually happened in 1946. Those who believe the body becomes lighter at the moment of death seem to think that the soul has weight, weight that must of necessity depart with it and have claimed that dying men at the very moment of their deceased have been placed on delicate scales that have recorded their mortuary degradation. Degradation? Whatever that means. Uh, (laughs) Probably. Uh, But these persons have never been able to specify in just what ghoulish laboratory this took place or what private home was so interestingly equipped or the names and addresses of relatives who so commonly place scientific and religious religious back to Bill Maher uh, curiosity (laughs) before sentimental concern for the patient's comfort well I'm sure they did it in a facility where they knew the patient was dying anyways yeah like a hospice care or something but that's what I was wondering because when I was like 12 maybe maybe I was even younger this chick at the grocery store was like bagging our groceries and she goes how do you know that when you're awake that you're really awake and when you're asleep you're really having a dream or sleeping and like ever since then right like my brain is all well, what the fuck what we'll is real like matrix, how do i know <laughs> right. well that well that actually is a real true that's a that's a short story that's kind of similar to that john saul book but what were you gonna say tyler oh i was gonna say like they say the moment of death but the thing is when they say the moment of death like that's a very ballpark term because the body doesn't just it's not an on and off switch when you die it's not just like everything okay well party's done let's shut down you know turn the lights off let's go home kind of thing yeah that actually made me wonder about that doctor was that movement really the electricity that's left in the body after like yeah or... well, i mean your 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 cells don't get the memo that we're supposed hey we're dead like your, your your brain function may die but your organs keep doing their thing for a yeah, while that's true like they're like they can't they kind of 
keep doing what they've been doing for however but many years. But don't you take like a giant shit? After you die, like maybe your shit just weighs twenty one grams. <laughs> I often wonder if it was if it wasn't just the, the bowels the, purging. The, 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 well, that, but mainly the wind, the the air that's inside yeah. the body. I mean, you're talking about grams, not. If I, oh, I'm, your big giant last fart. I, I don't know what kind of shits you're taking, yeah. but uh, mine are more than twenty one grams. <laughs> that's that was my thought too. It's like, well, that might just be air escaping the lungs because your lung functions are no longer. You know, your diaphragm is no longer doing its job of pulling air in and out. And it but just collapses in on itself. Oh yeah, well it's it's full of oh, nitrogen yeah, and oxygen. Yeah. It's it's got some weight to it. Oh, that makes sense. So. Huh? It wasn't you guys. Didn't we watch a video where they took all the air out of the room and they dropped a, a bowling ball and a feather at the same time? Oh, and I they do. Both re- fucking land. They, yeah, it. they did that on the moon because that that was the famous experiment. It was like gravity's a constant, and so the theory was that if you drop a bowling ball, feather, they fall at the same rate. So, like, when they were on the moon, which is pretty much a vacuum, they dropped, uh, like, a, a rock and a feather, and they both fell at the same rate because gravity's a constant. Oh, here you go. The NASA Apollo oh, Apollo 15 did the feather drop. I know, but they just did it here recently. They were able to vacuum a room out Can and re- video. recreate it? I, I mean, I guess. I'm oh, not... yeah, it's this Brian Cox visits the world's biggest vacuum cleaner chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send it to it's me. It's not a vacuum cleaner <laughs> chamber. It's just a vacuum chamber. I'm only a half nerd, so sorry, sorry scientific community. I kind of half-assed that. Well, so. that's, that's not a problem. Like, science is all about learning. You realize, like, oh, that wasn't right. This is correct. So, to, no, as long true. as you I've, No, I probably have learned more from doing this than... <laughs> and that's key. Like, just never stop learning. That's that's what we do here. We, we use our noodles... Well, yeah, I mean... There it is. It's pretty. It was on BBC. That is interesting. So I guess for 2018, our goal is to figure out, one, is it possible to replace a head on another body? (laughs) (laughs) Not this year. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's just... One one of the uh, scientists was like, you know, he should be using his skills if he's this skilled for actual study that is pertinent. But on the flip side, everyone said the first heart transplant, everyone said that nobody could do. And, you know, now that's a regular thing. Oh, there's there is definitely validity to that. And that that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the Nazis. And, you know, most doctors, if if you have you I mean, if you sit and talk to a a doctor who's who's done any kind of surgery, if like across the dinner. (laughs) Yeah, they they are just just a scotch off. (laughs) I'll tell you an anecdotal story. My father was a nurse for about. 37 38 years and you know he worked at a local hospital and he always you know would always say like you know surgeons are like hyper intelligent but they are lacking they're almost sociopathic like they're lacking Mm -hmm. in kind of like that emotion because normal humans when you cut open a human you see someone like eviscerated in front of you you're gonna freak out and he was like (laughs) these people they're super intelligent but they're not malevolent but they are just removed from reality like this is they they see like i need to do x y and z and that's what they do they go in okay i need to operate i need to reattach a hand very methodical it's black and white yeah and like they are just he's like they are a different breed of people it's it's like airline pilots like we've talked i think we talked about before like airline pilots they go through the procedure of like the plane's going down we need to do these to try to correct a situation if it doesn't work out oh crap we're dead and they just right. kind of, you know, straight face approach that reality. They are like, okay, engine one, two, and three has failed. Okay, we need to cut cut the fuel line. It's like, you know, cut fuel line. Okay, cut. And they kind of just, they go through everything by the book as hell is breaking loose, essentially. And it's, they're just like, they're, they're just 
they're monotone. They're just going through the procedures, what they need to do. And it's the ones that have failed. And it's just, it's terrible to hear like, okay, well, it's been an honor serving with everyone. And that's it. They sign off like, okay, we tried our best and we did, we, we can't do anything about it. Like this is the end. It's been an honor and that's it. It's just like, yeah, it's. Those people are not being compensated properly anymore. Yeah, no. And their work hours are uh, unethical. Pilots? Yeah, it's unethical the way these men are treated, it, and, and women. Men and, and women, yeah. And the bottom line is, is as human beings, they're, they're not treated well. Yeah. Well, that's most of the reality, is exploiting a workforce. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. I don't think I, I, couldn't, I, do, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend it unless you really feel like you're that curious about it. But otherwise, I'd recommend nobody listen to it. Well, no, I mean, I don't think I could keep my cool... <laughs> oh no i, I yeah. can't <laughs> no either 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 or i've i've deliberately made myself watch some of these police shootings and things like that and that's been very terrible that i've made myself do it and yeah. i think sometimes you have to put yourself in that position to make affirmative decisions and, well do you remember yeah. the our october episode i believe it was episode four where we discussed my night terrors oh, yeah. um <laughs> I don't need to look at any of that kind of shit. I got my own fucking issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I started to watch something the other day, and I realized that Julia was in the room, and I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't watch that right I now. I am a delicate flower. <laughs> Shit's hard, dude. Right? I think it's... An, I, and, and you know what, though? In the same token, it's good to have people around you who are capable of doing that, like your doctors who are capable of having yeah. surgeries. To be surrounded by people that you trust that can maybe help fill in that blank for you that's not a necessary Yeah, you need those people totally in the world, through. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a necessary evil, I mean... Obviously, they're doing the greater good, but they're not, like, evil, but they just have that... I don't know. You know, my biggest thing is empathy for people. As long as the intent of being good and doing it for the right reasons is there, then yeah. more power to him if it is just this guy here if like his in his heart of hearts he wants to do this because he feels that he can help people then that's amazing but if it is just because of a pr stunt and his arrogance then that's another problem yeah then he is a sociopath yep but the one thing that all incredible people have in common is that they are arrogant, right? So how then how do you justify, how how do you know when you're overstepping your boundaries? The moment you buy into your own hype. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Try Pace Pod. Stay tuned for a part two, which will plop in two weeks. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Try Pace Pod on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. It gives us the warm fuzzies. You can keep in touch or stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Try Pace Pod. And of course, check out show notes, contact information, and buy merch at TryPacePod.com. And as always, we love you. So that makes me, you know, a vector for her. And the the philosophy is with everyone getting their flu shots, it's uh, herd immunity. So, like, you know, we as a species, if, if more and more people are immune, they're not going to be vectors for the elderly and children or the immunocompromised. I really so. don't care about the elderly and the children, so <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs>
They already <laughs> have their chance. <laughs> Only the strong shall survive. <laughs> Star- Act of Darwinism. A plague on all your houses. 